Welcome to Just a Phase, a podcast about modern parenting, episode 11, The Pediatrician Parent. This episode, we talk with a doctor who is both a parent and a pediatrician, plus the benefits of a night out, the layers hidden in Finding Nemo, and the winner of our very first podcast contest. Hello, I'm Drew Ludwig, uh, father to three daughters uh, between the ages of five and ten. And I'm Whitney Crispell. I'm mom to Vivian, who's almost two, and Cecilia, who is two months old. And this is your weekly or bi-weekly reminder that this is a podcast by adults for adults. So we might once in a while say a bad word. Uh, if you care about your kids hearing swear words, don't listen with them around. All right. So how are you? Life is pretty good. Yeah. Life is, yeah. So you're still in birthday season. Still in birthday season. Well, so um, I'm not the on the ball parent. <laughs> okay. Do tell. Well, so uh, like my birthday was last week, mm. but we can't even. Happy birthday. Well, thank you. But <laughs> we can't celebrate it yet because we just got around. My wife's birthday is in December. And the plan to celebrate her birthday was to see the Star Wars movie, which was new then. Right. And we just did that last week. Okay. <laughs> so, like, having celebrated her birthday, now we have to celebrate Valentine's Day. Then we can celebrate my birthday. Oh, wow. So you ha – okay. You have a backlog of celebrations. Yeah. I would At what point do you just say, you know, reset – we're not celebrating the, anything in the backlog. Let's just move forward. Or well, I'm at the end of the backlog. Okay. <laughs> so I don't want to reset yet. And, and a Valentine's Day night out, that, like, that's kind of a nice it thing. It is nice. So I don't want to drop any of that stuff. We yeah. just have to get to it. Okay. So And getting to Star Wars was, I mean, everyone else watched it in a crowded, crowded theater, and it was just Janelle that's and I. That's true. So. I actually was, I remember, like, kind of pleading with Cecilia when she was in my womb to not come. Until after until you saw I the had film. a chance to see it in the theater, and she cooperated, and I got to see it in the theater. It was great, like just a few days before she was born. So yeah, yeah. So so this isn't a spoiler, but everyone's already seen the movie. My favorite part <laughs> when the stormtroopers were walking down the hall, uh -huh. and like the other the bad guy was like freaking out, and they like held up their hand. And they're like, "Oh no, wait!" And they walked the other way. That <laughs> like, always happens in Star Wars. I loved that. <laughs> <laughs> It all, yeah, no. Okay. So you're on the ball. You're caught up with all your days. and Oh, yeah. And my, my youngest, her, we celebrated her birthday on the birthday, but her birthday party, which is like two weeks after her birthday, is Saturday. I'm going back to Sky Zone. Love that place. <laughs> you might as well get a membership. Training. I don't even know if you can get a membership, but you might as well. You're like. This is just my second time. Biggest fan. Oh, I love all it. Right, so, yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of nights out, I since we have since our last podcast have had two nights out. The wow! I know it's pretty amazing. The one was, there are a couple like non-parents that listen to this podcast, and they're like, Shit. like we are never having children. <laughs> they're happy that they had two nights out in a week. It was amazing. <laughs> I the one weekend Sean and I had a date night, and it was great. Um, it was a it was like a Valentine's date night, and it was. A little bit interrupted because Cecilia did not take a bottle from my mom, the babysitter. So we came home, fed her. Like in the middle of the day? <laughs> like right after dinner and then walked to a bar in our neighborhood and had another drink and then came home. That's the great so thing about urban living. It is. It is. So that was great. Um, and then 
the next night out was with my friend who came to town, my friend Bryn, and she took the bottle a little bit better with Sean, and, you know, it wasn't awesome for him. I think she was a little whinier than he would have liked, but I got to go out for, like, I want to say two and a half, three hours. Wow. And have some cocktails, and it was, yeah, it's amazing, like, what, <laughs> post-kids, like... <laughs> Your Three hours by yourself where you're just able to have like an adult conversation. I mean, I felt like a new person. I still feel buoyed by this, mm-hmm. this night out. And it was like, I don't know, almost a week ago at this point. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, woo, <laughs> I'm alive. I'm a real person. Yeah. Finally coming down from those two drinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no, it was really nice. So Good for you. Yeah. Important to do it. Really, like really important to prioritize that. I yeah. can kind of get in. I don't know if you get this, but... I just can kind of get in this mode where I'm like, well, I, I don't know, it, where I don't plan things for myself or don't, yeah, don't plan to go out or do something. And then I will have a moment, like a crisis moment where I'm like, I have to do something. Why aren't I like, like I need to, to yeah. do something without my kids. And so I'm trying to be better about planning in advance yeah. and like anticipating those moments. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, so like this last date or this last night out, Mm -hmm. like you didn't even need a sitter. Like you left your kid. Right. Her dad. Yeah. No, that's one of the things, too, is like I don't like Sean would never say like, no, you no, I'm not going (laughs) to watch her be the other parent like But I just have to plan it, you know, Uh ahead of time. So, yeah. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why my wife and I don't get as many nights out together. But that's just because, like, we're the go-to child watcher, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, we, we get out just apart from each other. Do you have, like, not – well, you you guys don't have any family in town, right? No. Yeah. Do you have babysitters for the three? Yes. Yeah. That was, that was the best part about moving from being foster parents to adoptive parents. Uh-huh. Foster parents have to have babysitters that are background checked and signed up I have a friend who's dealing with that right now. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like – uh, adoptive parents just follow the same rules that every other parent. And you're like, has. I can get the kid around the block to do this. Yeah, hallelujah. And we've, <laughs> we've got three uh, kids of babysitting age that live right next door to us. We've got a friend down the street who won't take money for babysitting, that just does it Sweet. for free. <laughs> and then we've got other parents that we like swap, and yeah. so we really should like go out more and have fun more. But we, we get to do it, yeah, and, and that's really good. Good, so. good. And our poor babysitters, like we're not planners, so like. They get, like, texts from us, like, hey, do you want to watch our kids tonight? Um, which probably isn't the best plan, but they're, they're allowed to say no, and we pay them, and they like to have money, and we like to go out, so everybody yeah. wins. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So uh, the other excitement in the life of parenting that I've just learned about is my kids' teeth are, like, all bad. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not funny. It's just it, the way you put uh, that. Well, they're oh, all bad. No. Like I can tell by your face you are not excited about this. No. Oh no. So um I I feel like this this is one of those times where as a, an adoptive parent you have to be just like genetics. It's genetics and yeah. we can't do anything about it. It's not it's not the habits. We don't I, give them a lot of sugar yeah. or a lot of candy and we try our best to keep them brushing right but there was like cavity on cavity on cavity some people have bad teeth yeah so there's actually going to be caps which are Mm. or crowns whatever you call them so she's going to have a kind of weird mouth for a little while and 
got to go get like it, it's general anesthesia so we're going to children's hospital and um and hopefully like this is not a permanent complaint but what we discovered is that like adoptive parents are supposed to bring proof of adoption which is kind of like it makes sense for like a recently adoptive parent if like medical records and stuff haven't been updated but mm, we're kind of frustrated that we're like yeah being made to prove that we're real parents so what is that that's the first time that you've had yep. to do that in uh, like a medical situation uh it's the first uh it's the first time in a while there there was a, a pain in the butt like so our children changed their last name and uh or we changed their last names so there was a lot of pain like updating every place that we went to right. and like pharmacies would be like we don't have a prescription for them and we're like check this name and they'd be like but the you know insurance card has a different name and it's right it's all the same person trust me just give us what we need we need that medicine <laughs> exactly yeah oh that's the other joy that i got to clean up puke last night oh, God. oh no true i know you do need a night out <laughs> no i can't i i got to clean up puke last night after like a three-day like retreat like for for my work i got to uh -huh. go i was at i mean it was dunkirk right but i was sleeping that, for those of you not from buffalo it's like oh. an hour away so yes not like he wasn't in a retreat in a tropical island i think no. that's what he's trying to say <laughs> and it wasn't far away and it wasn't yeah <laughs> But on the other hand, like at night, I got to sleep in a hotel room bed and go to a bar, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I can't like even complain about this right. stuff because my my beloved spouse was solo parenting right. for a couple days, which included puke. puke. Yeah. Uh. Although while I was gone, all the puke went into the toilet, and this time it did not hit the target. Welcome home, Dad. Yeah. Oh, and we had one of those like compassionless like parenting moments because. It was the oldest that got sick, and the middle child, her bedroom is next to the bathroom, and she whined and cried because she saw it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. She was supposed to be asleep anyway, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, so. Oh, man, rough times. Yeah, so that's, no, I, no pity. Is no the pity. surgery soon? It, we're scheduling it presently, yeah. so. No. So, so you got to have your party. Is there is there any any other good news in your life that we should share with our beloved audience? Um, That's the second time I use the word beloved on this podcast. <laughs> they, you are we beloved. Have a word listeners. of the day. <laughs> uh, I have been watching a lot of Nemo. Viv is obsessed with it, and oh. I have been discovering the many layers of children's movies. Um, I'm. <laughs> So she's she got this for Christmas, and we've watched it approximately like a million times since then. Mm -hmm. And the other night when Viv went to bed, after she had gone to bed, like Sean and I are, are sitting in the living room, like I think we were both like on our phones. And I just turned to him and I was like, do you think that the whale in Finding Nemo always meant to get them to Sydney? Like it didn't eat them by accident? And he just looked at me like... What the hell are you talking about? But I mean, I like genuinely had this revelation. So yeah, so that's what's Did going on Did you go to the Finding here. Nemo boards to talk about no, it? No, I never <laughs> thought of that. Maybe I will. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, people complain about like smartphones and parenting, but if you're going to watch TV with children, you need your smartphone. Yeah. So. You do. You do. Yeah. No, but that's, that's what's going on. I, I also, we've mentioned on the podcast that I am going through a home renovation 
and in just a couple of weeks, our kitchen is going to be demoed. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting the process of packing up our kitchen and, um, yeah, all of that. And so that, as well as like several conversations I've been having with friends, has just sort of brought up this basic fact for me that we have just way too much stuff. Like I'm packing up our kitchen, thinking what. What is this? Why yeah. I never use this? What the hell? So I've got like this whole you know thrift store box and everything. Are you gonna get rid of your vajetti? No, my I, mine is called a spiralizer. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one though. I do have one. But that stays. And I went through a real big phase of using it, and I haven't touched it since. But I have high hopes. For now, that stays. But wow. <laughs> that's I said so funny. that not thinking that you would have a vajetti. <laughs> You don't know me well enough. I, I guess do. not. I do. But but I've been anyway. I've just been thinking a lot. You should about give away some, your most useless kitchen <laughs> stuff as p- prizes to our podcast listeners. We should. We should. Oh, that reminds me that we had. We a, had a contest. I had a contest. I had a con- well. Let me finish this thought, and we'll get to the contest. <laughs> so now we basically, know who won. it's just we have we have just so much stuff, and I I've been thinking about it a lot, and Sean and I decided as like part of this that for Viv's birthday, which is coming up in a couple of weeks, we were going to ask, we're just having a family party and we were going to kindly ask our family to just get her one gift. And yeah. that has been met with some mixed reactions. <laughs> so we're navigating those waters of, I don't know, it might be a losing battle to try to ask grandparents for, for one gift. But ask for experiences. I know. I kind of did that too. You and don't like that? No, I mean, I think, s- I think some folks do do like that but i also think that um some of our parents and family members get a lot of joy to seeing her open something like that's a whole big piece of it so i don't know it's just a really it's it's proven to be a much more sensitive topic than i ever anticipated it's like this gift stuff runs deep so anyway we can keep talking about that another point but our contest yeah um who's the winner (laughs) the winner obviously i had a vote (laughs) So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, well, on the last podcast, we mentioned that we were going to, well, we didn't. We we (laughs) had a business idea for a a doll hair salon where you could get your doll hair untangled and or styled. And then we also talked about the hipster name generator. Right. So we started using the hipster name generator to come up with names for our doll salon. And, and and their their pattern is blank and blank, right? Because that's a yeah. good way to right. hipster name businesses. And Drew and I had sort of like we said, like straw and something. Yeah, you know? I wanted to just call it brush and pony though. Like once brush I brush and pony, that is good. That, I mean, it's, it's simple, but it gets the point across. Yeah, it does. But I can't. Enter but the contest. I was yeah, I'm a co-host. I know. But I just put straw because I was thinking the hair is like straw. That was my thinking. Yeah. And. And it's hipsterish. I. I'm going to decide who wins. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm I'm the queen. And I think that Straw and Bristle submitted by Melissa Galbraith. Is this That's your my friend? sister. What? Okay. D- d- Is, I did uh, not. We didn't have contest rules. <laughs> okay. We also don't have a prize, right? Unless you do want to part prize? with your vajetti. No, I'm, it's a spiralizer. <laughs> Melissa, it's you have won. You have won a 
item for my kitchen that I'm going to give away. <laughs> Don't know what that item is, oh. but it'll be a surprise. And I'm going to give it to Drew because you're his sister, apparently. I had no idea. <laughs> she she has a full <laughs> kitchen. So, like, she's we're just going to play, like, pass it along. Like, yep. I'm going to deliver the thing from your kitchen. She's going to – I get hand-me-downs from my younger sister all the time. <laughs> and then I'm going to bring some junk from my kitchen. Love it. You're definitely downgrading in this in this trade. <laughs> Congratulations, Melissa. Straw and Bristle will be open for business uh, the spring of 2019. We'll keep you all posted. Okay. <laughs> you really didn't know she was my sister? No, I had no idea. Okay. <laughs> I saw that she was friends with you on Facebook. I'm like, oh, one of Drew's friends. Yeah. No well, idea. Look at her face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> Melissa, I'm going to go look stock your Facebook page after this. Uh, That's yeah. so funny. Okay. All right. Uh, today's interview. Yeah. We should have an interview today. Who yes. are we hearing from, Whitney? We are going to hear an interview that I did with Tisa Flores, a pediatrician. And so this is actually one of the first ideas that um, we had for a podcast topic. I remember, you know, when I was pregnant with Viv, especially like before I became a parent, you know, I was just so focused on like my appointments and everything. And then after I had her, it was like, wow, this pediatrician relationship is... Maybe not more important, but significant. Like, I don't know. As an adult, maybe you don't see your doctor as much. More important than what? I was going to say than like my my relationship with my midwife or with your OB or something. Oh, yeah. That's more important. But that's like what I was focused on. And then suddenly you have the baby and you're like, wow, we... This, this doctor that I'm, I see this person a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Kids get sick more and it's concerning. So I don't know. It's I, I, I thought that it would be fun to interview a pediatrician who is a parent and talk yeah. a little bit about that dynamic. So I did. Um, so, yeah, let's let's get to it. So today I am sitting down with Tisa Flores, a family doctor who has been practicing medicine for over 10 years. Dr. Flores is board certified in internal medicine and pediatrics. She graduated from the West Virginia School of Medicine and received her training at the University of Buffalo. She practices primary care specializing in adults and children. Dr. Flores also happens to be a parent, and we are going to be chatting with her today about the intersection of her parenting and professional lives. Also, full disclosure here, Tisa is my kid's doctor, and she's a friend, which is how I wrangled her on um, on here to talk to me. So I've told her she's welcome to use me and my family as examples, good or bad, during our conversation. Uh, and finally, one more disclosure here. Tisa, while Tisa is a medical professional, she's probably not your care provider. So before you go and take any medical advice we may or may not cover here today, just talk to your own doctor, okay? <laughs> so welcome, Dr. Flores. Thanks, Whitney. Yeah. So let's start with some background on you as a pediatrician and as a parent. Um, how long have you been in those those two roles? A uh, pediatrician, I would have to say... Mm, 10 years or so as a parent uh three and a half years okay feels like six um so when it comes to your medical practice and and working with kids and their families do you have uh, a general philosophy or approach that you like to employ that it is we're a team you know i like discussion and i may say something and if you disagree then we have a we discuss it my way is not just my way. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It, yeah, it does make sense. Can you think of, and I'm trying. To, can you think of an example of like a you know recent situation you had that where you did have like a team approach to something? I would have to say one of the things that has come up is probably co-sleeping. I think most of you know that AAP and general society um, 
recommends against co-sleeping. Wait, I'm going to say, what is AAP? So everybody American knows. Academy of Pediatrics. Okay. And it is the dirty little secret that all breastfeeding moms, or maybe even moms and dads in general, at some point do co-sleep. And so just trying to navigate around that delicate topic. You know, you don't want to co-sleep because there's a questionable risk of SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. But yet you're tired and you need the baby to sleep. Mm-hmm. So a family comes to you and, and well, <laughs> I'll just say with Cecilia recently, we came to you and we were, you know, I, I, we kind, I kind of admitted to you that I was maybe bed sharing a little bit with her more than we were comfortable, but it was like the only way I was getting precious sleep and that kind of thing. So, and, and I did think that you took kind of a team approach to it. You sort of assessed our situation, assessed what we were doing and, and didn't come down with like this, you know, mandatory answer. You know, I mean, I don't think it's ever a good approach to belittle patients. You know, I assume all patients and parents are, uh, intelligent and have their well-being and their child's well-being well-being in mind. Mm-hmm. So it's never. I never think that it's good to belittle. Mm-hmm. And you know, you have to survive. And if you had to co-sleep, um, then we talk about how to decrease the risk of uh, sudden infant death syndrome. Yeah. Do you, so that like that team approach. Do you feel like that changed after you became a parent? Has that always been something that you? Oh, that's grabbed? always yeah. something I've done. Okay. Yeah. How how did your practice change after you became a parent? Oh, well, <laughs> as a pediatrician, it changed dramatically, drastically. I think with medical training, they teach you medical disease diagnosis, treatment, but they don't tell you like the everyday things. Mm-hmm. Like your child's poop will change color with what you've eaten, mm-hmm. or That's you know, <laughs> if your baby got more for milk than hind milk you'll get like this green frothy stuff and you think oh my goodness my kid has some sort of intestinal infection yeah they don't they the medicine aspect didn't teach you the little things like mm-hmm. the concerns of am i mixing the formula right mm-hmm. we just always assume that you'd mix the formula right but if you're sleep deprived and you're just doing it then you know you never know yeah so it's good that I'm seeing you after you became a parent. Oh, God, yes. That our girls are seeing you after you became a parent. No, I mean, I think, yes. <laughs> no doubts about it. I, I, I know so much more about um, taking care of babies after being a mom. Yeah. Did you have any, I mean, well, I guess you kind of touched on this, but are, are there any other, you know, beliefs you had as a practitioner that were really challenged as a, when you became a parent? Or, or, you know, ways that, I, things that you did, like on the regular, that, that once you became a parent, you're like, God, I can't believe I've been working with my patients that way, or, or no. Oh, That's think. okay if you don't. Yeah, let me think. No, I mean, it's hard because it's such a blur, you know. Because I do, I really think I started seeing more kids after I became a parent. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, do you think that you yourself just you became open to taking on more as a patient, or no, something I think, shifted? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, I I would have to say that I think that I started seeing more patients, um, you know, children patients, and then also, unfortunately, uh, patients with cancer. And I, 
it might be the universe talking, but mm-hmm. I would have to say that there was a definite shift in patient population um, after having my daughter Elle. Yeah. yeah, that is that's so interesting. Yeah, huh. it, it is. Yeah, you know, I, or maybe I just paid more attention to it because now I was like really hands on and understood what the the uh, parents were talking about, like the whole nervousness of my baby has been sleeping really well and then um, they're not sleeping. Should I be concerned? Mm-hmm. You know, at that point I would say, no, you know, it's a growth spurt, whatnot. But after being a parent, I understand you're like, oh my goodness, I finally got in sleep and now the baby's waking up every two hours. Am I doing something different or is the baby uh, not doing well? Right. right. I, I remember when Elle was four weeks old she was not an easy breastfeeder and then she started having vomiting and I'm talking like projectile vomit the stuff that like would hit um your wall and in I've never (laughs) thankfully I've never had that happen and in med school you know you think pyloric stenosis and so, of course, the doctor in me is like, oh, my goodness, she has pyloric stenosis. Translation, what is that? <laughs> so basically, it is a narrowing of where your stomach exits into your intestine. And I went to see my pediatrician, and he was very reassuring. Um, didn't really give me a definitive answer, but afterwards, I realized it was just I had overactive letdown. Okay. So it's that kind of information that I couldn't have given uh, moms before or parents before. Like, you know, this could be overactive letdown. It could be four milk, high milk imbalance. You know, maybe you need to do a different position, lean back, just all the things that just came with feeding the baby. Mm -hmm. You know, even if um, the, the child was formula fed, if a baby came in and was gassy or fussy, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times the pediatrician will change a formula, but there are so many other interplays. Could it be the bottle, mm-hmm. uh, the shape of the nipple, how f- uh, fast the formula comes out? I mean, there are so many different um, reasons why the baby is gassy and fussy if it's related to the formula. And, you know, we automatically think, ah, oh, it's a, a formula intolerance. Right. But so if people are listening to this and, you know, it's, your style is ringing true for them and, and they want to go out and find a pediatrician um, that, that maybe, you know, gels better with their family. Do you have advice on that or, you know, advice generally in just developing a good relationship with a doctor? Um, well, you can always ask your friends who their pediatricians are sure. and if they like them. Um, there are a lot of factors that play into whether or not you like your pediatrics or whether or not you will go there. You know, the location, the availability. Um, there's a lot of places that do meet and greets uh, where you just actually get to meet the mm. doctor that you're interested in seeing. Um, but usually it's just, for me, people tell me, oh, someone sees you and that's why I'm here. You know, let's say that somebody has a they have a pediatrician, um, but maybe they come, they, they come into a disagreement with them, um, or they're, they're not having a team approach like you described, or they just, yeah, they just, maybe they do have a team approach, but they can't come to, to an agreement. Do you have any advice on navigating those? You know, I think, and, and let me preface this by saying, I mean, I, I, 
and I don't think <laughs> I don't think you'll be offended by this, but I think that sometimes in our culture we put doctors up right on this pedestal, and I mean you go through lots of training, like you obviously have knowledge, but I do think that sometimes parents know their their kids and they should listen to it. I mean, do you? You know, if someone has like a really like a gut instinct about their kid or they're having disagreement, do you what's your advice? I mean, you think I usually listen to push the back. Well, no. I know you do, but like what do you I mean, what if someone isn't having that kind of relationship with their pediatrician or do you have any advice on navigating that dynamic or I would if I was the the parent, I would ask the doctor what his thought process or her thought process was Mm, okay so that way you know a lot of times we say this is what you need to do and really not explain our thought process behind it yeah that's really good advice so if you ask them like well why do you say this you know explain to me so then that way we can explain to you our reasoning and then if you can start the conversation there well maybe I like co-sleeping because, you know, it bond, you know, there's that bonding time. So then that way you all can have the discussion. He, he or she can say, this is why I would like for you to do this. And then you can talk to him about why, um, that doesn't work for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense to me. And I, and you know, that might not, everybody might not want to get into that or they, they like, having their doctor tell them what to do or I can really like sometimes you know I like you to just give me an answer so I don't you know because I'm 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 not you know I'm not clued in you know Viv's sick and I talk to you and I'm like great sounds awesome Tisa I'm gonna do exactly what you said um but but yeah I do think that that can be frustrating for people with you know just with our yes healthcare situation I I was (laughs) that uh, they miss those conversations or they miss being a part of and I find I think it's the whole discussion part is because um, doctors need to meet numbers. I mean, I sometimes feel like we're making widgets and we shouldn't be. Um, it is definitely, you know, we, I'm lucky I get 30 minutes for a well child check. There are some places that do 15 or 20. Wow. And I just find it very difficult to address the concerns of the parents mm-hmm. in a 15-minute visit mm-hmm. and and just do the things that need to be done like examine you know the child and then also go over you know making sure that you keep the car seat you know rear facing until they're two mm-hmm. yeah and account yeah. for the fact that they're kids so they're gonna yeah. like run around cry and (laughs) play bang on things right right need time to just settle in no that makes sense so kind of on a a related note talking about some of the the thought processes and stuff what do what do parents do that drives you that drive you nuts as a pediatrician i'm super curious (laughs) uh feel free to use me as an example again (laughs) blogs um okay it is the internet is a wonderful wonderful thing it is vast amount of resources but there's also a lot of crap out there Mm -hmm. um what i usually tell my parents because we will go and google i ask them to stay on reputable sites and i usually uh, well i know healthykids.org which is a site that 
American Academy of Pediatrics actually uh, hosts, uh, Mayo Clinic, and then um, a website that is more open to global uh, health and child rearing, uh, Dr. Sears. The other mommy blogs, you know, I'm going to step on toes now. <laughs> Adjustments do not prevent measles, mumps, rubella, chicken pox. You're talking about chiropractic adjustments. Yes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I believe in chiropractor. I love my chiropractor. Um, but, you know, there are certain things that, yeah. you know, chiropractor, uh, chiropractic practices can do. Um, but, you know, preventing um, viral illnesses is not one of them. Yeah. So that's something someone's come to you at. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, basically, I had a parent decline vaccines and said, I will just have my child see the chiropractor. Hmm. Which, you know, here we are talking about navigating difficult circumstances. As a pediatrician, that was a very difficult circumstance. And so I tried to educate without belittling, like, why as a medical community mm -hmm. and as a society we need to immunize but in the end she left the office without vaccinations right i could see why that would drive you yeah. nuts <laughs> well <laughs> i mean i am i am pro vaccine mm -hmm. i as you know as we've talked about um i did not um vaccinate my daughter on day one of life for hepatitis b I think it's important that we have the discussion of why we're getting the vaccines. And, um, you know, at that point, L did not need hepatitis B vaccine since I, I knew my status and my husband knew his. And if she was going to do any sex, drugs, and rock and roll between then and her two-month visit, then, you know, we have bigger issues. Right, right. So kind of the flip side of that question, as a parent, what drives you nuts about... Um, doctors or healthcare business, healthcare industry, I should say. <laughs> Can I tell a story? Yes. Yeah, please. <laughs> Elle was less than a week old, and we kept getting calls. Like, you know, the visiting nurse was in because she was a breastfed baby, and I had requested that a lactation consultant come in just to help me with breastfeeding. Um, and she had lost some weight. Mm -hmm. And she had informed the pediatrician's office. And so they called and I said, well, we actually have an appointment today. We made it to that appointment. And because everything is sort of structured, organized, a workflow is what we call it. We have a workflow. The nurse brought my daughter in and was weighing her with a diaper and I was and I had said well she's here for her five-day well child check but they also have concerns of weight gain could you please take her diaper off and the nurse was like oh no it's fine we can wear it with her diaper and I was like she's a cloth diapered baby that's going to put ounces on her right and the nurse was indignant she was not nice mm -hmm. because it was 
not in the workflow. It took more time because we had to take the ba- we had to take the babe out and you know get her un- out of her diaper and God forbid she peed on the floor. I mean, I understood from the nurse's point of view, like you know, what is this mom thinking? Yeah. But that was definitely one of the points when I'm like, wow, this is irritating. Right. You know, you think you know you all called me because you're concerned about my daughter's weight gain, but here you are. Not taking it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And then later on that day, maybe even 45 minutes after that visit, we get a call from the nurse saying, where are you? We're concerned about your daughter's weight. (laughs) You You were supposed to call and have an appointment. And I'm like, you just saw us. And then, luckily, because I understood this, we had booked the appointment under my husband's name. Got, oh, okay. And they had her under my name. Right. So if I wasn't savvy enough to realize that there were two names in that EMR system, we would have been going round and round. Yeah. Like that yeah, was like it's true. Ultra pet peeve day. Like, yeah. No, I can understand. So, so I hear you saying you're frustrated. You 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 get frustrated with the lack of organization, um, the kind of insistence on following things. Yeah, the structured not adjusting. Yeah, structured <laughs> thinking and not. <laughs> Sorry, Viv is joining us. <laughs> The uh, structured thinking and not taking into uh, circumstances that might affect the outcomes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you're one of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Frustrates everybody. No. I, they, yeah. I, 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 yeah. There, I mean, they're, like, my nurse is my front line, um, and... A lot of times I would hear her say, oh, this parent is so anxious. And I would have to remind her that, you know, this is a first-time parent. Mm-hmm. Um, their life is currently revolved, involved with this little being that totally depends on them for survival. And if we keep it in that perspective, um, medical professionals will be a little less frustrated at their patients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and that, I was going to ask you if, you know, so in addition to your own practice changing, which you talked about, and, and this is part of it, but are there conversations that you've had with your staff that you work with or, or colleagues that have, that you didn't have before? I mean, that you've challenged yes, them. Yes, breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, you, yeah. and cloth diapers, you mentioned, too. Yes. You're kind of like a weirdo. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> no, not you, but your kids, people oh, yes. think you're a weirdo. Oh, yeah, I actually... Um, I don't think you're yeah. a weirdo. I breastfed until, I, until Elle was 27 months, and I actually had a colleague that was like, why are you breastfeeding her that long? That's weird. Um, wow. Yeah, and, uh, and everyone just thought I was insane to even think about cloth diapering with our schedule uh-huh. so the, yeah there were diff- very different conversations um the, the it was interesting for me to be in a pediatric office and have not one but two of the other um 
female practitioners there um, not understand why I was still breastfeeding Elle at, you know, when she was older than two years of age mm-hmm. or even one year of age. What did you say to them? Were you able to, to kind of push back and change Oh, yeah, I minds? told her it was bonding. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, the WHO uh, recommends breastfeeding uh, until two years of age and then, you know, says that women will stop when both her when it is both right for her and her child. Right. You know, we are very lucky that we live in such a well, here's pretty loaded, a very um wealthy um country mm-hmm. where moms don't have to breastfeed, but there are certain areas of the world where you have to breastfeed to feed your child. Right. So, you know, um, a mom in a third world country, say the Philippines, breastfeeding their child until um, three or four years of age wasn't even questioned because, you know, the source of milk may not be as readily available. But here in America, a, uh, a mom breastfeeding at 27 months of age is kind of, why are you doing that? Total weirdo. <laughs> it is very weirdo. <laughs> Again, I don't think so. But yeah, no, it is seen. It is seen as, and not even just like weird or unusual, but we have really assigned almost like this, I don't, maybe pathological is too strong of a word, but it's, yeah, it's it's seen as really strange. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's changing. I I think, I don't know, maybe I'm just, I run in a different circle. I think maybe it's the circle you're in. Yeah, yeah. That's true. If if yeah. if your colleagues are thinking that it's it's odd, then yeah, maybe it is the circle I'm in. Okay, so I wanted to do a little lightning round for you on. Uh, oh, okay, I'm ready. Is it really evil? <laughs> okay. So screen time, is it really evil? <laughs> it is a unfortunately a necessary evil. Um, the AP says no screen time under two years of age, and I do think at some point. Um, the AAP is going to revise a recommendation. What I tell my parents... Did, didn't they do... Didn't they kind of clarify it recently, like in the last couple months? Right. Okay. What was the? What was that difference? So I, what, they're, what we're going to be pushing for is if you are going to have screen time with your children to interact with your child at, while they're watching. So mm-hmm. as opposed to having your child mindlessly watch something... Um, Talk to them while they're watching it. Okay. You know, so, like, Elle, how many monkeys did you see? Or what color is that monkey? Or mm-hmm. where are they going to next? <laughs> That's right. Yes. That's right, Fib. That's Good exactly contribution. What, what a monkey <laughs> does. Or have her, um, Elle currently likes uh, a video called Signing Time with Leah. So they'll, they'll be doing signs, and so I'll ask her, you know, rep- you know sign that. Yeah. So make it a little more interaction. I think that's the issue a lot with the screen time is that kids just sort of zone out in front of the TV. Right. Yeah. They get the zombie. They get the TV oh gosh, zombie. They definitely get the zombie. And you, I mean, they're, yeah. So break up the zombie. Exactly. Essentially. And it's not, yeah. it's interact not with evil. your child. I mean, that's really <laughs> what um, we should be doing anyway is interacting with our children. Right. Okay. I would prefer reading though. <laughs> 
bed sharing we we talked about a little bit right. whether or not that was evil do you have anything you want to add on that oh i will disclose right here the aap says absolutely no um i co-shared my bed with my daughter and i will admit now because i'm a weirdo we <laughs> still have a family bed um and you know there are certain people that should not co-sleep because it does increase the risk for um, SIDS. But if co-sleeping is to be done, there are certain things that you need to do to decrease the risk of uh, suffocation for your child. So who are the people that, that just uh, Heavy rundown. sleepers. Okay. Um, anyone who is on sedatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone who is a heavy drinker. Um, you never, ever, ever co-sleep in a, uh, couch with fluffy pillows. You know, that's, that's one of the dangers. Okay. Um, and then also if you have fluffy bedding, mm-hmm. but yeah, so those are, you know, there's different, um, definitions of co-sleeping. So you could have a bassinet right beside your bed and it would be called co-sleeping, or you could actually have the babe in your bed mm-hmm. but yeah if you're a heavy sleeper on sedatives i just would, don't do it don't do it yeah no and i like i yeah i obviously like that, that approach yeah. to it that you do that and i i makes me wonder though how many people just get told no from the get-go and not have any guidance in, in and they still how to do make it. it safe and then they still do it yeah yeah okay um processed sugar is it evil yes <laughs> i wish i could you know somehow but the answer is yes. I mean... Does your child eat processed sugar? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> we all do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, that's how we potty train them, right? Right. Actually, I don't know. I have no potty trained children yet. Yeah. But I've heard. Yes, M&M's. Okay. M&M's are good. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, moderation. Yes. As a treat. Limit. Okay. But yeah, okay. as a treat, as a reward. Okay. And then last in our lightning round um, formula. Yes, uh, it is a necessary evil at times. Obviously, I am pro-breastfeeding, but if you have met with your lactation consultant and um, just kept the babe at the breast and you are still unable to breastfeed, then obviously you have to formula feed. Mm -hmm. And there's no shame in that. Yeah. No, I think... Do you really think it is a necessary evil, too? Or am I... Like, am I just mincing words with... (laughs) I mean, I think for some, like we've had women, we've talked a little bit on the podcast about like postpartum depression, you know, and some women going on medication that maybe isn't compatible with breastfeeding, but. You can check on LACMED. Oh yeah. That is a good website to plug. Yeah, that's another, yeah. And you could actually check and see if um, the medicine goes into the breast milk in a significant amount. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do your research, try to breastfeed. But if you can't your doctor, yeah, yeah, then yeah, formula. It's not, okay. it's not the, the end of it. Yeah. What are your kind of top actions to improve or maintain wellness for kids and families? What do you recommend? Activity. Okay. Availability of, um, good foods, making good foods less expensive, more time with each other, reading, we should be reading from like day one. There have been many studies to show that kids who've been read to at an early age have a vast vocabulary as compared compared to kids who haven't been read to. Mm-hmm. So, like a book or two, a book or two a night. 
even when they're yeah. really little. Yeah. I mean, obviously, once they get to my kid's age, they want like a million, yeah. which yeah, is just, fine. <laughs> just a book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just uh, let them be exposed to the words. Yeah. Okay. Um, so before we wrap up, any parting thoughts or anything you want to come back to? Oh, yes. I was reminded when we were talking about Cece taking a bottle. Uh, before I would ha- before I had L, I would tell the parent if she would if the baby was uh, refusing the bottle, I would say she'll take it when she's hungry enough. And having experienced this nightmare, I now know that's not the truth. <laughs> it's not and always true. <laughs> I apologize to any parent that I've said that to before, okay. because um, they're little people with a definite um, mindset already, mm-hmm. you know. She was not going to take that bottle. Yeah. And she she waited eight hours. Oh, my God. Yeah. It wow. was stressful. So, yeah, you really you had to eat yeah, your they, words big yeah, time there. I did. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today and, and coming on and sharing, you know, your experiences and, you know, information with our listeners. Thank you, Wynn. It was fun. I hope it's helpful. It is. Okay, thanks again, Dr. Flores, for coming on the podcast and for sharing your experiences. And uh, as usual, we will have links to some of the websites and resources that she mentioned in the show notes and on our site. So now, let's do our picks for person, place, or thing. Okay. I'm going to go first. Oh, I'm, all right. Well, I know yours is probably better than mine. <laughs> that might not be true. Go on. So I think mine's a thing, although if you're really into anthrop- anthropomorphizing, then we could say that they are people. Okay. Uh, my thing and or people is the Muppets. Oh, all um, right. And the uh, this is just, just straight up plug and like there's the new Muppets show and mm-hmm. I really like it. And I think it got off to a rocky start. And then they kind of like rebooted and retooled. And I think it's so much better. So all nine of our listeners have to listen to it so that it stays on the air. more than nine. All 12 of you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm not going to keep playing this game because I'll find out the real number and be sad. (laughs) Um, But I'll particularly, there's uh, an episode recently, and you can watch them online, uh, where Miss Piggy accidentally exposes her piggy tail. And it is just like all kinds of like, you know, like body positivity and Ah, not being ashamed. And like she was she was ashamed of even being a pig. Right. And this was evidence of her being a pig and the way that they handle it. It's it's just brilliant. And, you know, they're the Muppets. It's it's uh, adult TV that you can watch with your children. I like it. And, And your kids like it. Not as much as I do. (laughs) But (laughs) But, they'll sit there. But they'll watch watch it with me. Yeah. Like it. So my recommendation is a thing, and it is a podcast actually called Still Buffering. It's part of the Maximum Fun Network. So the idea behind Still Buffering, the hosts are sisters, but they're 17 years apart. One of them is a teenager. I think she's about 16, and the other is then in her early 30s. Um, And they talk about life as a teenager. One of them is a teenager. One of them was a teenager. And it is hilarious. Um, I've, they've, I think they've got like four or five episodes out. I haven't listened to all of them, but the ones that I have are really enjoyable. I highly recommend their second episode, which is about communication. Um, and y- they talk about 
like, you know, passing notes and instant messenger. So kids you don't know, pass notes anymore. No, right? no, her no, and that's part <laughs> of that's part of the hilarious thing is, you know, the little sister being like, "What a note she wrote Are stuff you down." Me, so that part of it is really fun. You know, you have some like nice nostalgia. You talk about away messages, and and that part has been fun. But it's also just it's really great if you have a teenager in your life, either as, you know, your own child or a niece or nephew or just, you know, a teenager that you're close to because so for a couple big reasons, I think one, she Riley, the, the teenage host explains in detail, like what is Snapchat? What like direct message culture? And I, I don't know, very helpful if you've ever been like, what are teens doing today? How the hell do they communicate? I don't get Snapchat, you know, like they, she explains it. So that's helpful. But also I think it's just a great reminder of how smart and funny and like whole, like a whole person teenagers are, you know what I mean? I'm listening to this. No, I think it's You're just, a person. No, but I think that sometimes as adults, we can be a little bit preachy and condescending well, and maybe just you are yeah or Don't throw i me am under the bus okay drew's perfect <laughs> drew is a perfect person but i'm just saying it's a great one who listens to the podcast knows <laughs> sorry no it's, it's fine. a great reminder it's just a great reminder i think of of how awesome teenagers are too that's the other takeaway that i got from this um so yeah that's my that's my recommendation still buffering all right thank you so that is it for us today. Um, you can e- always email us at justafazepodcast at gmail.com. You can send us some ideas for shows or if there's a topic you specifically want us to talk about, uh, we will do that in an upcoming show. And as long as it's not really insane. So here's my s- insane idea because I thought about it when you're talking about an email. And I Just think so- email sometimes topic. people, yeah, I'll send you an email. <laughs> no, people might tune out because we always say the same stuff at the end of the show. But now here's like bonus content. It's like the things in the Listen credits. Up. Has has your kid gotten old enough to watch Caillou yet? No, and enough people told me that it's terrible that I never. Oh, it's gonna that. happen though. Caillou will find a way. <laughs> and when that happens, we will we will toast and we will roast Caillou and make maybe we should just watch an episode of Caillou oh. together on the podcast. Actually, when we were trying to think of the names for this podcast, oh, one we of talked your, about Caillou. One of your suggestions was. Parents against Caillou, <laughs> and I was like, I don't. You don't know. Who I don't that know is what yet. that is, but okay. I don't want to even have a reason to know. You're gonna find out. Uh, you you can't it worms it. its way in. But my kids have outgrown Caillou, so there's hope. <laughs> Toast to that. Okay, you said the email address in the Facebook, right? No, I didn't. Oh. So you can like us on Facebook, but there we go. Okay, good. <laughs> Just a Face podcast is produced by Whitney Crispell. Our theme music is Urbana Matronica Woo Yeah Mix by Spinning Merkaba, and it is used under a Creative Commons license. All right. Have a good week, couple weeks. Bye. Bye.